The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. In the last hours, the family of a federal judge has been ambushed, shot, her only son shot dead in the family home. Why? I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. First of all, take a listen to our friends NBC4 New York. It's believed Salas's husband, well-known criminal defense attorney Mark Anderl, was shot multiple times after answering the door late Sunday. The couple's 20-year-old son was then shot moments later by a suspect, a source confirms, dressed as a delivery truck driver. I never even would have thought. I go around here with my friends every day. We walk around here. I see Daniel out with his dad playing baseball, playing with their basketball group all the time. I wouldn't even imagine. Salas has served in her role for the last nine years. She's the first Hispanic woman to sit on the federal bench in New Jersey. She made headlines after presiding over recent high-profile cases, like the fraud trial of Real Housewives star Teresa Giudice. I, I find it very difficult to believe that Teresa Giudice, the Real Housewife, had anything at all to do with this. The other high-profile cases that the judge has presided over include cases about gangs like the Crips and the Bloods, cartel members, even recently being signed a case related to the billionaire pedophile Jeffrey Epstein. She just got that case on Thursday. Hasn't really even had a chance to make rulings on it, good or bad. With me, an all-star panel, including Mark Iglarsh, renowned criminal defense attorney, joining me out of Florida. He has a website, speaktomark.com, and is author of a brand new book, Be Happy by Choice, Happiness Guaranteed, or Your Money Back on Amazon. Dr. Angela Arnold, psychiatrist, joining us out of the Atlanta jurisdiction. Jeff Cortezzi, former FBI special agent, the FBI now on the case. 
New guest joining us, please welcome Jennifer Shen, forensic pathologist, former director of the San Diego Police Department Crime Lab. That's not an easy job. And you can find her at jenshenforensics.com. But straight out now to Nicole Parton, crimeonline.com investigative reporter. Nicole, what do we know? I mean, it's very rare statistically that a case goes down like this in broad daylight on a Sunday afternoon and a... Uh, very upscale neighborhood, low crime area at someone's home. What more can you tell me, Nicole Parton? What we know, Nancy, is that sometime around 5 o'clock in this upscale community, the doorbell rang, and apparently the gunman was dressed as a FedEx delivery driver, rang the bell. The judge's son and husband both come to the door, and they're greeted with a bombardment of gunfire. Son David 20 is shot and killed. Her husband bombarded multiple gunshot wounds. We know that he is now fighting for his life in critical condition. The judge was unharmed. Judge Solace was in the basement at the time, but both of her family members gunned down in what's being called an assassination attempt gone wrong. Jeff Cortez, the former FBI special agent, the FBI, been brought in on the case. She is a federal judge. Um, of course, the local police are on it, too. We know that the neighborhood at this moment is still cordoned off. Police are going door to door, asking people for any eyewitness testimony, anything that they can reveal as to that vehicle or the shooter. Again, dressed as a FedEx delivery person. Jeff Cortez, uh, first of all, it is not uncommon for a judge or a prosecutor to get death threats. I've had them. I've had my door kicked in, my mailbox ruined, my car tire slashed, the, the windows of my car broken so many times. I knew the number for Dr. Glass by heart during trials when I'd have my car parked in the courthouse parking lot. So that's not unusual. But for one of those threats to actually be carried out is unusual. Jeff Cortese, what do you think? Yeah, no, I totally agree, Nancy. Uh, death threats are very common. Assassination attempts, not so much. Uh, you know, showing up in a FedEx uniform, obviously you want to be able to get close to the home without suspicion. Uh, you know, this, this certainly looks like something organized, uh, well-planned out. Uh, you know, the, the canvassing of the neighborhood, they're going to be talking to the neighbors, asking for eyewitness testimony, CCTV information, anything they can do to identify vehicles, uh, mode of transportation, direction of travel, etc. Let's talk about a case we are all familiar with. Mike Iglarch, criminal defense attorney out of Florida and author, speaktomark.com. Mark, I know that you and I both covered and carefully watched the Jennifer Dulos case, the missing Connecticut mom of five. We now all know she's dead. Fotis Dulos, the husband and his lover, now, of course, um, the targets. Did you see the surveillance in that case? Because cops put together surveillance, leaving the victim's home through the neighborhood, getting neighbors, burglar cams, uh, front door security surveillance, stop signs, all the way through to where the husband <clears throat> had the vehicle cleaned at a car wash and then actually going to a location where they thought, they thought for a minute, 
the body was, but the mom's car was found abandoned. They also, through use of security cameras, be it on red lights, at stores, in people's homes, outside their homes, even Mark Arglash, Iglosh, using video surveillance from school buses when the doors would open and public transportation buses, you could see Dulos's car driving by. That is very high tech. They could be doing that right now in this case. I have that expectation. We're not in the 70s anymore. Now there's an expectation that if something is done in broad daylight like this, that there must be plenty of video that can show who it was who did it. I don't know if that's realistic. I don't know what steps he took to conceal his identity once he committed the act. I do want to go back to one other point. Everyone seems so far to suggest this was like an assassination attempt. My thought wasn't right away that they tried to kill a judge. My thought right away was, okay, who's this 20-year-old son? Who's the husband? You know, I think that this equally could have been um, targeted towards them um, as well as a judge. I'm not convinced that this was about killing a judge. Not just yet. You know what, Mark Iglarsh? That's exactly what I said first thing, because the husband's the one in the ICU right now. The son is the one that's shot in the heart. We know the husband apparently took multiple gunshots. There's been a lot of confusion about who answered the door. Most outlets are saying that the husband answered the door and that the son came in right behind him upon hearing a commotion. Other reports say the son answered the door. But long story short, I believe we can all agree, Nicole Parton, that the husband took more than one gunshot wound, correct? That's correct. He received multiple gunshot wounds. The son, one or more shots? Uh, we are being told that he was dead upon arrival. Instantly, he passed away. He was shot through the heart, according to the local mayor. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Joining me now, forensic pathologist, former director of the San Diego Police Department Crime Lab, Jennifer Shen. For those of you just joining us, we are talking about a federal judge whose family was gunned down in their home. Upscale neighborhood, low crime, perp dressed as a FedEx delivery person. Was it a hit? on the judge. If not, if so, why didn't they shoot the judge? Why the defense attorney husband? Why the son, their only child, a student at Catholic University, just 20 years old? Jennifer Shen, I got a lot of ideas running through my head about what I think they should be doing right now, such as we know the delivery person had to ring the doorbell or knock on the door. I'd be all over that door railings, posts, columns, glass on the door, you name it. If there's a gate leading into the home, the gate, if uh, the perp walked by the car, the, the family car, and touched it, anything he could have touched. I put out an APB. Is it a white male, black male, Hispanic male? Everything we know, which may not be a lot. The husband's still in ICU, Jennifer. He can't really give a description, but certainly that bullet needs to be sent through the uh, data bank for bullets to determine if it's been used at another occasion. 
possibly get the gun, long shot, trace the car, follow the car through video surveillance to try to find it. It's probably destroyed by now. So help me out. Jennifer Shin, you're the pathologist. You're the forensic specialist. What do you think? Well, I agree with you. That was an excellent rundown of the evidence that we would look for. Uh, there, there could be quite a bit of evidence that would help link someone to this crime. It's, it's hard to say. And you, you covered lo- uh, many of those things, but we would certainly be looking for fingerprints on those surfaces that you mentioned, and we'd be looking for touch DNA. I want to concentrate for a second on the cartridge cases. So it depends on what type of weapon this was, but there was there was there were several shots. There are likely firearms evidence at that scene. And one of the things that's super interesting about forensics is over the last five or six years, it has become, we have advanced so much that you can find DNA on almost anything. And you can find DNA on fired cartridge cases, which seems like you couldn't, but we, we can do it. And so what we would do then is collect those cartridge cases and we would analyze them for DNA. Because if there is DNA present, you may be able to link that to someone if they convict if they've conducted a previous crime of some sort and were put into the DNA database. Mm-hmm, in addition mm-hmm. to that, we would, you're right. We would take those cartridge cases or the trajectory, the bullets, the missiles, and we would put them into a national firearms database. For using microscopic little marks on those cartridge cases, you can compare them to other shootings from other places. Because if you can connect shootings one scene to another, you might be able to collect evidence from one scene and another that together would give you an idea of who the suspect is if you didn't have enough evidence from just one scene alone. So there's a lot of possibilities here. To Jeff Cortezi, former FBI special agent, to me, uh, this sounds like a professional hit. What do you think? Well, you know, the, the degree of professionalism is yet to be known. Uh, but it, it certainly is a planned out hit. It's, it's it, uh, assuming that the information we've received so far is correct, that they were wearing a fe- uh, the individual is wearing a FedEx shirt. You know, anything that shows a, a certain degree of pre-planning, the ability to get close to the home without uh, drawing suspicion like a delivery person. Um, you know, it, thus far, it, it doesn't appear to be something haphazard and, and, and um, uh, unthought out. Uh, of course, a professional hit. I believe could also entail someone lying in wait so they're not identified in any way, which certainly was not the case here. But to Dr. Angela Arnold, uh, renowned psychiatrist joining us out of the Atlanta jurisdiction, Dr. Arnold, either this guy was paid to do the killing, and if the judge was the target, he failed, mm-hmm. or it's someone bearing a grudge. You would think... If it was someone bearing a grudge, either against the judge, her defense lawyer husband, or their son, hard for me to imagine it's their son. He's just 20. I mean, what has he really done in life to get a grudge that that would conjure up a hitman? But think about it, Dr. Angela. If it was a grudge, this person had to bide their time. And when you're that angry, you want to kill? Is that consistent? with biding your time and creating a well-thought-out plan to kill? These are such high-profile cases that that this judge is involved in. It doesn't sound to me like this is someone that's holding a grudge. It's It sounds like this was 
boy, I would not want to be any part of a Jeffrey Epstein case, would you? But now, wait a minute. Before we drag Epstein into it, yeah, I, I mean, Epstein ends up dead behind bars, and I'm not convinced it was suicide. But she was just assigned the Epstein case last week. She hasn't even had a chance to make a ruling, good or bad, to make anybody mad. She just got the case. And it's a very attenuated case, Dr. Angela, because it involves Deutsche Bank and claims against Deutsche Bank that they misled people about their vetting process of people they gave loans to or did business with because they did business with Jeffrey Epstein, the billionaire pedophile. So it's Epstein adjacent. It's not really about Epstein. It's about Deutsche Bank's lending and business policies. And did they mislead people about how they vetted their clients? I mean, if you give multi-million dollar loans to people that can't pay or are criminals, those loans are going to fall through and all of the bank customers are going to take the heat for it. That's what it's about. It's not per se about Epstein. But yeah, she handled cases about the Crips gangs, the blood gang, cartel members, uh, Teresa Giudice, the housewife, a lot of high profile cases. But all judges do that, Dr. Angela Arnold. Well, I'll tell you something. I, I think it's best to go looking for what's head on in front of you first, instead of trying to look for zebras. She is a very, she's a judge who takes care of very high profile cases and I have a feeling that this assassination attempt which we could possibly call it is connected to one of those high profile cases okay let's talk about the cases let's talk about the husband the defense attorney that was shot multiple times I think it's very critical Mark Iglars joining me criminal defense attorney out of Florida you can find him at speaktomark.com Mark don't you think if the hit was on the judge, they would have killed the judge. Yeah, I'm not, I am not buying that the intended targets were hit. Um, I mean, meaning that, that uh, strike that, I, that, 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 the targets were these, these two. Um, if they wanted the judge, they would have walked into the house and finished the job. So again, I want to know who this 20 year old is. You say he's only been on this earth a short time in 20 years. He could, and again, this is, I don't mean to disparage, uh, you know, the, the victim in any way, but I'd want to know his history. You know, what was he involved with? I'd want to know the judge. I, I, I mean, the, the husband also. Um, I've had clients who, who um, you know, have expressed a desire to want to do me harm after the results were not what they expected. I, I'd want to know the latest cases. I, I don't, I am not jumping on the assassination bandwagon just yet. As far as it relates to the judge. Yeah. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. We are talking about the shooting death of a judge's only child, her son, 20-year-old Daniel, and the very serious shooting of her husband, defense attorney, Mark Anderl. Was the judge targeted? Take a listen to this. That husband and father rushed in very critical 
and in surgery. The exact condition where he was shot, we don't know that yet, but again, we're being told from our sources that he was shot multiple times, and again, within the last few moments, we've confirmed that the couple's son in his 20s has died after this shooting. As for the judge, we are told from our sources she was actually in the basement of the home at the time and was not injured. Take you back out live here to the neighborhood where federal investigators right now continue their search. We just got a statement in moments ago from the FBI confirming that they are investigating the shooting and tonight that they say that they are looking for one subject. They're asking anyone who thinks they might have information on who this shooter is. They're asked to turn that person over to investigators immediately. Again, Judge Esther Salas, her son killed, her husband now fighting for his life in the hospital right now as federal agents search for a killer. Guys, you were hearing our friends at NBC4. That was Adam Harding. Right now, the search is on for a single gunman in the shooting death of the family of Judge Esther Salas, a federal court judge who has presided over a lot of high-profile cases. Salas herself apparently in the basement at the time of the shooting. You know, I want to take a look at what happened to Jeff Cortez, a former FBI special agent. Jeff, the shooting takes place broad daylight, Five o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. That's not typically a hot spot, a hot time for shootings. Usually murders like this happen, you know, at nighttime, not in an upscale neighborhood with a low crime rate, not in a neighborhood where you know everybody has surveillance video out the yin-yang. What do you make of the timing of the shooting, Jeff? Yeah, you know, uh... Five o'clock's not what it necessarily used to be. There are a lot of people working from home uh, that that maybe historically would have been traveling to and from work at that time. I, I don't know how much that necessarily plays into it. Uh, but it's you know, on a Sunday. I, Those The five o'clock commute is not the same on yep. a Sunday as it would be on Monday through Friday. No, absolutely. And, and you know, in light of the, the time, the, the lack of uh, cover from, from the night, uh, the the likelihood of CCTV being in the neighborhood, you know, that there are, like I said, uh, you know, steps that were taken to get close, but this is more about uh, completion than it is about necessarily getting away with it. Is is what my read would would be. Um, you know, they were more inclined or more interested in getting the job done uh, than maybe even necessarily getting away with it. And of course, to you, Mark Iglarsh, criminal defense attorney out of Florida, this is a federal judge that could make this a federal case and the feds do have the death penalty for cases just like this. So somebody is risking their own life to take out members of the judge's family. Yeah, this this could result in the death penalty. I'd like to know who it is who did it first. I'd like to see their background. There's a lot that goes into that whole analysis. To Jennifer Shen, forensic pathologist, joining me, former director of San Diego Police Department Crime Lab at jenshenforensics.com. Jennifer, how difficult would it be to disguise that vehicle? We haven't been told if the vehicle was outfitted to look like a FedEx truck or not, but that VIN number, the VIN, that every car is like a fingerprint and it's embedded into the car, that could be changed out. That that vehicle could be at a chop shop right now. Yeah, you're right about that. And I was actually wondering what kind of vehicle the person arrived in. Um, to your point earlier, 
you know, a neighborhood like this is going to have an exceptional number of video camera surveillance systems. So uh, it is, you know, there will be so many tools that can be used to help find that car. And I, I don't know, I'm listening to how this all went down. I wonder, I wonder if this, it, it seems a little erratic, the, the shooting um, not really completing. I don't know what job this person was trying to complete, but in and out and away, I don't know that there would, I think there's a good chance that they could find the car based upon the surveillance videos and after finding the car, then be able to track down this person. Um, it is, you are capable of disguising vehicles. You can disguise the license plate number. As you said, you can change out the VIN number. You can do the whole chop shop routine, but that's, that's pretty advanced. And I, I don't know if that's the situation in this case, if this person is that advanced. Or just scrape off the van and burn the thing. Right. An incredible amount of planning went into the shooting. But if this is a professional hit, does that mean that Judge Esther Salas was not the target? The husband shot one once he's in ICU. The son shot multiple times. It's what we're getting right now from the crime scene. What does that mean? Who was the real target? Take a listen to our friends at CBS2. Police telling us that that gunman was dressed up as a delivery man when he rang the doorbell here at their home. Right here behind me, when they opened the door, he opened fire, shooting federal judge Esther Salas' husband and killing their 20-year-old son. Now, police have been out here on scene investigating since this happened around 5 o'clock Sunday night. Her husband, Mark Anderall, a defense, uh, defense attorney, answered the door and was shot and rushed to the hospital. Their 20-year-old son, Daniel, was also shot and according to authorities, was killed. Now, sources say Judge Salas was not injured, that she was in the basement at the time, and the gunman got away. Now, grief-stricken neighbors are in shock and can't imagine why anyone would want to harm the family. I mean, just very good-natured, wonderful people. So hopefully they'll be okay. And that's it. We love them very, very much. That's all I can say. We love them very, very much, and we'd do anything for them. And I think they would do anything for anyone. Back to you, Mark Iglars, joining me, criminal defense attorney out of Florida. You know, at a certain echelon, defense attorneys pick and choose the cases they want. You know, like uh, there's a lawyer that represents only Atlanta Falcons. There are uh, defense attorneys that only do uh, antitrust defense. I mean, you once you get to a certain, um, let me just say, echelon, you're not wandering the courthouse getting appointed cases anymore, taking whatever the judge throws at you. Let's think about what was this lawyer, her husband, what kind of cases did he pick? He's a defense lawyer. Was he appointed to take cases? Did he do drug cases? Uh, did he do high-profile cases where someone would want to kill him? Did he know about criminal dealings that someone was afraid he would rat out to his wife, the judge. I mean, when you look at it, the son is the only one dead, but the son was home from college. How did they even know if the son was going to be there? So there's so many questions right now about who is the real target. There's no rape. There's no sex assault. There's no theft. So we know it wasn't the typical reasons for burglary. We don't even know if the guy even went across the front threshold. 
It sounds like he started shooting when people came to the door. So what do you make about the possibility the husband was the target? I, I think that that's equally as plausible a scenario, just as it could be the son, because I don't know if the son was into gambling or drugs or anything like that, um, as it could be the, the, the judge. So, yeah, I would look into the latest cases that this gentleman took. Um, if there's some, you know, some drug cases um, involving some dangerous folks, I'd like to know that. Maybe he devoted his practice to only representing innocent people like I have, um, which means he hasn't had a case in years. But I digress. Let, let's take a look and see who he's really representing. And something tells me that in recent times, um, it would be somebody who had a beef with him, who didn't get the outcome that they wanted, who pulled a cape fear on him in some way. Um, I think that the, the, the police have to look into that angle. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Guys, we're talking about a horrific shooting. Judge Esther Salas on the bench, the federal bench in the district court, at home on a Sunday afternoon, doorbell rings, husband, son, go to the door, and they're both shot multiple times. We know the son shot through the heart. We've been told the husband has been shot multiple times. Is this a hit on the judge or not? The judge remains unscathed physically, although straight out to you, Dr. Angela Arnold, I, I can't imagine a pain worse than losing your only child. Oh my gosh, and she and she stands the chance of losing her husband also, it sounds like. We know that this guy, the husband, was a former prosecutor for over 10 years. He then became a defense attorney and has tried a lot of cases. And let me tell you, after trying a lot of cases, you make a lot of enemies. To Nicole Parton, what do we know about the son, Daniel? We know that Daniel was entering his junior year at the Catholic University of America down in D.C. We know that he made the University of Arts and Science Dean List in the spring. He was an up-and-coming baseball star. And we're hearing from a next-door neighbor who frequently talked to the husband, Mark, that their Sunday afternoon routine was for Mark and his son, Daniel, to go down to the nearby baseball park where they tossed the baseball, where the son, Daniel, practiced baseball. A neighbor saying they're even surprised that the two of them were home because typically they were gone on a Sunday afternoon. So, okay, hearing that, Jeff Cortez, a former FBI special agent, knowing those facts, does that change your opinion? Well, you know, I, I think it's uh, too early to have too strong of an opinion one way or the other. I think, you know, all op options have to remain open. That certainly is an important note. But again, we don't know the level of sophistication of the individual who, who, uh, fired the, the rounds into their house. So, you know, was it something that they would possibly know? What level of surveillance could they have conducted prior to? Uh, was this a, you know, a, a response to something recent that had occurred and it was, uh, you know, throwing a FedEx shirt on and, and heading over there and doing it? Or was it something more planned out? So, you know, all, all options are on the table. All potential targets are on the table uh, until proven otherwise at this point. Straight back out to you, Nicole Parton. What else can you tell us? Anything about the neighborhood, about the family, anything at all? An upscale neighborhood. Um, his colleagues, Mark's colleagues, are beginning to speak out, saying that he was well-loved, well-liked among his peers, no known threats, 
that he had spoke of amongst his peers or in the office. Um, son Daniel, a very upstanding young man doing well in college. Um, at this point, the neighbors are just devastated, saying that they haven't heard of anything going on that they can't imagine that anyone would want to harm them. You know, I, I still find it very unlikely that the son is the target. To you, Jennifer Shen, forensic pathologist, help us illuminate this case with your knowledge. Well, you know, I've, I've seen so many crime scenes over the years, and it always surprises me what people do when committing crimes. So I'm still looking at this case and wondering, because the person came to the front door, first of all, if, if the target was the judge, but this person would have to get through two men in the doorway. And I think once you the, the door is open and you're faced with not one, but two, you know, essentially grown men, and you open fire, to at that point in a neighborhood like that go through the foyer and then into the house to find the judge that would be a, that would be a pretty gusty maneuver because you've already alerted everyone to your presence so i i mean i just i think it's going to be really interesting i agree with the investigators who would say that it's all options are on the table because you just have no idea what was going on in that person's head I, there is definitely some level of sophistication here but it's not that high of a level of sophistication from what I've seen because it was at 5 o'clock and it was in daylight and it was in a low-crime neighborhood and it was somewhere with a lot of surveillance. And it doesn't look like, unless the sun was the actual target, it doesn't look like the mission was accomplished. And I think with the forensics that are going to be found at that scene, it's highly, highly likely they're going to catch this person. And it's just going to be fascinating to see what, what the actual motive was here. When you say the forensics get the scene, make it highly likely the perp will be caught, what do you mean by that? What forensics? Well, I, just, I think that, again, we talked about surveillance. I, I think that there's going to be so much surveillance, it's going to be easy to, to track this person in and out of the neighborhood. And then my hope would be that there is some, some DNA and some, I mean, it depends on who this person is. If they've never really done anything like this before, we may not have any, um, we may not have any databases that have anything in them that would be useful you have to you have to have a person in a database in order for dna to make a difference for you same with the weapon if it's a weapon that has never been used before um it would be difficult to come up with any clues but touch dna is amazing these days fingerprints certainly most people are in a fingerprint database somewhere and the surveillance is just going to be absolutely key in my opinion Explain to our listeners what you mean by touch DNA. Well, way back in the day, you know, you needed like a pool of blood or, or semen or, or spit or something you could actually physically see in order to get enough DNA to develop a profile to compare to someone. But in the last decade or so, it's, we've, the techniques are so sensitive that now as long as your perpetrator has handled something, that not just barely brushed it, but actually handled it. So, for instance, a a screwdriver or something at a scene that was used to wedge open a window or something, there would be enough contact on from the person who handled that screwdriver that DNA would be left on it, that enough of it, even though you can't see it and it doesn't come from a body fluid, you can develop a DNA profile and put it in the database and get it hit. So, you know, if you left a hat or a shirt at the scene, that's the other thing is that oftentimes when people are running away in a high panic from a scene, they drop things. Everything they drop can be related back to them, you know, either through investigation of where did they buy it or what is it, but also through DNA, which you get from the sweat, 
um, fingerprints, some sort of sometimes dog hair or something that can compare, that can, that can um, give you enough evidence to connect that, that thing back to the perpetrator. Further complicating it is that in the time of COVID, Jeff Cortez, the former special FBI special agent, he very well could have been wearing a mask and gloves. Uh, you know, if you look at FedEx delivery people, grocery delivery people, mail people, they're all wearing very thin gloves and masks. What about that, Jeff? No, that's absolutely a possibility. You know, the current climate has provided for some uh, natural cover that, that doesn't stand out as odd or unusual. Uh, which, again, I think ultimately goes back to, uh, you know, a lot of that surveillance CCTV in and around the neighborhood is going to be very critical to, to you know, the determination of, of who this person was, what direction they traveled, and, and, and in what vehicle they were they were transported in. Take a listen to this. Judge Esther Salas and her son, Mark Andrew and Daniel, who is a freshman in college, live in North Brunswick, and at some point today, someone who was apparently dressed as a Federal Express driver uh, rang or knocked on the door. And when it was answered, he shot. And the um, Mark Andrew uh, has come through a surgery tonight and is now listed in stable condition. And very sadly, Daniel has died. And... Um, I understand that Judge Salas is not physically harmed. You are hearing from the mayor of North Brunswick. That's Francis Womack. The son, Daniel, shot and killed the husband in ICU now. The judge standing vigil at the hospital. We wait as justice unfolds. Nancy Grace, Crime Stories, signing off. Goodbye, friend. This is John Lemley with CrimeOnline.com. Just as we're closing this hour of Crime Stories, we're learning from our friends at ABC News that the suspect in the shooting of New Jersey Judge Esther Solace's family has been found dead of an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound. ABC News is citing multiple law enforcement sources in the release of this story, ABC adding that the deceased suspect was an attorney who had a case before Judge Solace in 2015. Please stay with CrimeOnline.com throughout the day and overnight for the very latest on this developing story. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today.
Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. Lisa's Sapira Hybrid has been named Wirecutter's Best Hybrid Mattress five years running. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash Nancy for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Nancy. Thanks, Lisa Mattress, for being our partner. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. 